0: You're listening to the Heart & Hustle Podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today, I'm just going to tell you is a non-skip episode. I'm just going to say that right now. There is so much gold in this conversation that I truly believe everyone needs to hear. Today, we have the incredible privilege of sitting down with a true powerhouse, Holly Wade. Now, Holly is an entrepreneur, visionary, and legacy builder. Her calling is to empower people to be all they were created to be. And this began with raising and homeschooling her five children, pastoring a church with her husband, and founding and running multiple million dollar companies. She is the founder of the business for good company. Trades of hope has traveled worldwide, helping rescue women out of the slums and brothels so that they can start businesses for their families. And she owns many passive businesses and proudly operates joy filled businesses in her beach town to reach her community while traveling and speaking to women about being all that they're created to be. now, Her unofficial bio is that she is our neighbor, our close friend, Chelsea Antos' mom, and our claimed bestie too. So, you know, it was a good girl chat. During our conversation with Holly, she talked about the core principles that have shaped her remarkable family culture. Holly shares her insight on homeschooling and how to raise children who grow into powerful, competent, and capable individuals, unafraid to take healthy risks and thrive as adults. Holly shared so much goodness about how her mission with raising her kids has always been to value open discussion, healthy relationships, intentionality, and everything they do and how to cultivate a genuine personal relationship with Jesus. What she shares is quite literally life-changing for any parent, and honestly, anybody. Like, that's why this is a non-skip episode. But we also cover with Holly how her and her husband, Mike, have beautifully integrated their love for entrepreneurship and owning businesses into their family culture. And they've created honestly, an environment that nurtures the entrepreneurial spirit, fostering a sense of purpose, creativity, and self-belief in their children. And can I just say from personal experience, it has been life-changing to be around just even as a community. So get ready to be inspired and empowered as we learn from the incredible wisdom and experience of our dear friend, Holly Wade.
1: All right, let's talk about Pinterest. You know, that beloved site you spend hours upon hours on creating your dream home, closet, and wedding. Like, it's fun, right? but it's also more than just fun. Did you know that Pinterest can be an invaluable tool for your own business? Here's the deal, Pinterest is an extremely powerful search
0: engine that you can leverage to get your brand and business out there. It's a way to reach new audiences that you wouldn't normally reach through other social media, which is why we wanted to shed light on this popular social platform and share a few reasons why you should be utilizing it now to exponentially grow your business and expand your audience. Like, honestly, it is the number one traffic driver to my business.
1: Yes. If you feel lost on where to start, don't worry. We have a whole pin your heart out freebie ready for you to dive into the marketing and help you start the process. So you can snag it at theheartuniversity.com forward slash Pinterest. Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Ollie, hello, and welcome to the party. We're excited you're here. Woo. I'm so excited to be here, ladies. Oh, oh my man. gosh. This is going to be such a fun and energetic conversation. I can't those- wait to introduce
0: <laughs> you to the world. I mean, just because since we moved most-
1: to Florida, I've got to know you a lot.
0: No, oh, wow. That sentence didn't grammatically make any sense, but, um, <laughs> I just can't, you have such freaking goodness to share uh, and I-, I just, I can't wait to introduce you to our audience. Means- yes. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I love it. Okay, so for those who maybe aren't neighbors with you, like Lindsay, and soon to be myself at the time of this air date, it will be myself. Anyways, for those who don't know you, Holly, are you down to kind of introduce yourself, tell us what you do, who you are, all all the good stuff? You bet. You bet. Um, well, I am a
2: passionate person. I love to dance, love to have fun. I love business and my relationship with Jesus and my family is absolutely everything to me. Um, I've been madly in love with my husband, Mike, for 35 years. I'm a homeschool mom of five very entrepreneurial kids, four grandkids. I am a serial missional entrepreneur. (laughs) And what that means is I own businesses ultimately to reach people with the love of God. And I'm a speaker, a co-pastor, a church planter of Life Coast Church in Palm Coast with my husband. And we own two waffle cone ice cream shops, two Swillerbee's donut coffee shops with our kids, we own commercial and residential rental properties as well as Airbnb, and I started a global fair trade company called Trades of Hope when I was forty, with my daughter who is sixteen, and uh, a partner and friend. And this week, um, actually two days ago, we just bought a non-medical transport business. So
1: yes, you did. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so basically, let me just let me just synopsize that. That's not the right word, but whatever. Let me just boil that down really quickly. Holly is an absolute badass. And <laughs> you, you are the coolest person I know. And we are going to literally all come sit at, at around your little like rocking chair today. That sounds, that makes you sound old. I was going to say oh, it at yeah. your feet. I was going to say at your feet. And then I was like, then that makes you sound like, like we're worshiping you. Okay. I don't know where to go with this. My point <laughs> was we're all going to come and sit and learn from you today. That You're was when they off the rails. <laughs> well, can I just say I've never Been introduced with
2: Pastor and Badass in the same (laughs) sentence.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm good
0: with it. (laughs) Welcome to the Heart and Hustle Podcast. (laughs) Also, I want to connect some dots for all of our listeners. Um, if you follow Evie or I or you've listened to this podcast, um, Holly's daughter is Chelsea Antos. Just Mm -hmm. to connect those dots, because obviously. Antos is her made or is her married name. So if right. you're looking at this episode and you're like Holly Wade, you don't understand. This is her mom.
1: So just basically so one of our yeah. best friends' mother, who Holly is also becoming one of our. But we're claiming her Yay. as our one of our best friends. So. Yay. Oh, I like best friends rather than mother. So I <laughs> promise yes. you are. I just didn't want to be like Holly is one of my best friends and I haven't even moved to Florida yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, let's dive in because I know Holly, you are a well. Is that yeah? Well. Of wisdom, um, yes. so I just want to like get all the juice and the goodness and the wisdom that you have into mm-hmm. other people's earbuds. So, awesome. um, I the first thing I would want to say is like it is just it has been so much fun moving here and just uh, having y'all welcome us into your family and just mm. your community and your church. Everything uh, has just been so amazing, and Andrew and I look up to you and Mike uh, for. Five million reasons, um, but especially, especially how you raised your kids and established a family legacy within your family, uh, like from your family culture from the beginning, um, and it, how that's just trickled down, and how you can so obviously see the fruit of that. Um, and so, my first question is, was that an intentional choice from the very beginning, like for I guess your parenting, or did it evolve over time? Well,
2: we've always been very intentional about what we wanted to see in our family and what we wanted our family to look like. So. I think like um, very intentional to begin with, but as our kids got bigger and God really started blessing us, it went from just being sort of this um, spiritual legacy that we wanted to build to realizing like God had really blessed us. Like, you know, the Bible verses that talk about in Matthew with the talents, like God all of a sudden was blessing us. And we realized Mm -hmm. like, God, you're calling us for not just a spiritual legacy, but actually a financial legacy, a business legacy. And those all of course wrap up with the main focus being spiritual legacy. So Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely has evolved. And I'm excited because I think it's going to keep evolving. Yes.
1: Mm. Oh, I love it. What, what is your like family culture? Like if you could describe it for someone who has never been around you guys, who doesn't know, like, as we're talking about what you and Mike have built and how beautiful it is and now what your kids are building in their families and how beautiful that is and everything. Like, how would you describe that to somebody who hasn't been around you guys and experienced the beauty of what you have?
2: Uh, I think the first word, it's not the word I necessarily would say I want it to be, but I I know it's intentional. We are Uh very, very intentional. Um, We really want to add value with people wherever we go in whatever situation that we're in, both as individuals and as a family unit. Um, Because as a family, no matter what, no matter how old my kids get, we belong to one another. This is who God's called us to do life with. You know, they always say like you kind of, they, they stick around forever. So growing those relationships. So we're very intentional in our relationships. Um, We have a very high belief in our calling as a family. Um, And so we really aren't afraid like even to do the scary things, like to step into the scary things and um, take risks and even fail because we believe um, because of the word of God that even failure is going to teach us so many great lessons. So it doesn't scare us to do that. We work really hard, but um, I hope we balance it with a lot of fun. Chelsea actually is very helpful in adding a lot of fun in our life because it could get a little work hard, work hard a lot of fun. Um, and we, and I think, um, we really value authentic communication, maybe too much. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) well, I say that because like my kids always prepare their friends when they come to our house. They're like, my mom is going to ask a lot of questions and she's probably (laughs) going to ask your five-year plan for your life. And then she's going (laughs) to ask to pray for it.
1: If she can pray over you for your i love it though that's part of what makes like you guys and your family so powerful like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. so rare to encounter even with with friends that you are like getting to know and you've spent a good amount of time with it's so easy to still go into like these you know surface level small talk conversations and you and mike and what you've built in your culture and your family is so intentional and it's like hey life is short we are here to do big things let's be intentional with it and it's so beautiful I feel like
0: a good uh, picture of this is Chelsea, uh, our neighbors, technically your daughter hosts family Sabbaths every uh, Friday, um, which we technically have talked about on the show with Jeremy Pryor. So Mm -hmm. if I don't know what episode it was, um, but, um, we, so the first one that we ever came to, um, I remember we were sitting around the dinner table and I think Mike, your husband was, like just, and this is probably normal for you guys, but it like we had ever been in like a, uh, I think a like a family situation where I've actively, actively seen somebody be this intentional where he, he like, we were eating and I think he was like, all right, let's go around and like, what's everybody's like, what did God teach you about this week? Right, and I was like, right. wow, like that's like a deep dinner <laughs> conversation that like, isn't just like it's not even just superficial it's not like just like hey what was your favorite part it just I don't know it's just like more intentional and also like made you like think about your life in a specific way like over dinner and like that's just a perfect example of like how you guys live literally your daily lives like always Yes,
2: and it's very scary to some people. So I'm so glad we didn't scare you off. We love your your family so much because we
0: have definitely probably scared some families off.
2: (laughs) No, we literally
0: moved to Florida for like (laughs) y'all. I mean, like your family, like that is the culture that we were attracted to. And we were like, oh no, we want to be around this. Mm, So we definitely did scare us off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Holly, for you, what I guess are some of the things you were intentional about in raising your kids as they were a bit younger, as you cultivated this intentional family culture? Yeah, in a, in a culture, I guess, that also just doesn't know the Lord, how were you intentional to cultivate that faith and relationship with Him in them from a young age?
2: Well, we, we got connected in a homeschool community. So like I said, we're a homeschool family, and um, that's a whole other story. But You know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about it's in Deuteronomy that talks about, you know, teach your kids these important things and impress them on their heart. As you talk about them. when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up and when you're sitting around the table and having conversations with their friends. um, So those types of things, that's what we really tried to live out is that. Um, relationship with Jesus was always at the forefront of our life. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I want to say this really quick. Like we've made a million mistakes and that God's grace just covers so much. So I don't want to yeah. make it sound like I'm a perfect, Mike and I are perfect parents or our kids are perfect kids. Um, but um, we just chase after Jesus in our imperfections and he's mm-hmm. blessed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus is at the forefront of our life. And I think, you know, our kids saw the simple things like l- young moms listening today, like let, let that relationship with Jesus be a part of you and your kids' relationship. Um, it's not a mm-hmm. private hidden thing you know um, my kids saw me having personal devotions we had family devotions we worshipped together we always talked about what God was doing in our life and man if a miracle happened which so many of them did we didn't talk about them one time we praised God that time we wrote them down we read them another time in journals and in little sticky notes and we talked about well, remember when God did that and we also talked about life lessons of failures you know um, Mike and I are pastors and church planters so there's been you know the normal amount of hurts in our life and our kids have seen that. And instead of like trying to do it all behind closed doors, um, you know, we, we shared those things with our kids so they could actually learn with us. We didn't hide the hard stuff. We actually use them as lessons, even when we when we failed. Um, because here's the thing, and especially um, my kids were always listening. That's what you're going to learn about your kids. Even when they're <laughs> little, you do not realize they are literally behind a door listening. Like, <laughs> what are they saying? I mean, yeah. I cannot believe what they hear all the time. And, um, you know, one thing I always tell um, tell people, especially young moms is, um, you know, make sure Jesus is real in your home um, and real to you. Because if he's not, he is not going to be real to your kids. Like mm-hmm. you can, just can't be... Um, love Jesus on Sunday and yeah. you know at home you scream at your kids and you and, and they see no reflection of Jesus in your life so model biblical truths and model the good and bad ones meaning those lessons you know like asking yeah. forgiveness when you blow it because you're going to make mistakes and honestly I think that's one of the best ways to teach your kids is like yes mommy needs Jesus too because I just did this thing and I'm ashamed I'm sad and I know I hurt you and I know I hurt Jesus too and what's great about that is they'll know well my gosh if mommy and daddy and Mike does this actually way better than me <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) He's way more humble, (laughs) but I would say anyway, run to, if you run to Jesus, your children will run to Jesus. If they see you living out those biblical truths and also modeling generosity with your money, this is something, you know, people, the Bible does talk about, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. But when we're teaching our kids, like we want to tell them, like we gave to this particular thing and look what God did with it. Look at how Mm -hmm. it blessed them. Um, rather than keeping all that hidden, because we want to train them up in the way they should go. And we want them to see the blessings that come out of being generous with money, being generous with your resources, being generous with your time. Um, We served in church. We actually served together as a family in ministry and we do believe in the local church. And I know... There's kind of move away from that where, you know, people are kind of doing their own thing. But, you know, we we are biblical Christians that believe in the word of God and that you should be a part of a local church. And that means with that come people. And, you know, as they say, it'd be great being a pastor if it weren't for the people because people (laughs) suck sometimes. and so. And so teaching our kids that people suck sometimes and they do hurt us. And that's why, you know, we're called to forgive and we're called Uh to move past it and, you know, um, not be easily offended. Um, And then lastly, it's through church that we created a tribe of people around us. Um, Mm. And this, I think, is so incredibly important. Create a tribe of people around you who share your values to do life with that love your kids and also modical biblical truths to them so that you are not the only one. And one thing I love is you've talked about moving here and be becoming integrated in, in Chelsea and Ryan's life. And I literally want to cry when I see that because Mike and I had that. And we feel like part of the reason our kids are so strong. Um, in their, their faith and in the things in life is because they had people around them who rooted for them that spoke into them, that believed in them. And it wasn't just Mike and I, it was Uh the people that we chose to be in their lives. And I know you guys are going to do that for my grandkids. So like Uh that thrills me and we'll get to do that for your kids as we get to know them. I mean, I know your kids run up to me and call me mumsy now. And that like makes (laughs) me want to cry because I'm seeing the same thing that Mike and I got in my children's lives. And so, um, that's an incredible joy to see.
0: Oh my gosh. That I have like five million things to say. Literally every single Sunday morning, Eloise runs up to Mike, the <laughs> freaking pastor of the church. But she like she'll <laughs> just run up like and she'll hug him and be like, Pop I don't know what you call what is Papa, what's his name? Papa. Oh yeah. yeah. As if like, he's one of her grandpas, like he's just like, <laughs> he has a bunch, like that's just one of them. Um, <laughs> um, I literally have so much to say. Yeah, no, I, that's one literally why we moved was for that, that culture. And just to like grow up where in a, in a space where, yeah, you're not the only two, like you and your husband are not the only two people pouring into your kids. It's, it's right. a community. But if I could like pull from kind of what you said, just to give our least listeners a breakdown, like, cause you just spewed 5 million nuggets of truth in everything that mm-hmm. you just said. But I heard to have open communication in your family, which I think is something that a lot of families probably don't do. Like every, like not every family, but like a lot of families, I think, don't have open communication when you get hurt, when you have your feelings, you know, like no one, we just like shove it under the rug or we're just like, everything's good in sunshine, but it's really not. Right. And I think a lot of people could probably resonate to that. So I feel like a tip that I'm, I'm hearing from what you just said was, you know, as you're raising kids, learn to be open, share the hard parts, like even apologize to them when you mess up um, yeah. and then share Jesus in a real way. I love that you mentioned like share miracles with them and like make it a real part of your life. I love that because like, I mean, I'm just even thinking like I can do better with that. Like even if I'm doing my quiet time or I'm praying in my room, but then I never talk about Jesus if I come out at like, you know, in front of my children, right. other than Maybe like bedtime prayer. It's like, well, how real is that going to be to them if if it's not part of the daily life? But I think also, like you said, being in community where everyone's talking about that, everyone's on the same page, right. and everyone has the similar worldview. It's like they're blossoming in a community where like they're getting truth and and just openness spoken to them always.
2: Absolutely, and they're hearing. You know, you guys talk about it, and you don't you don't even realize because they look like they're playing. They're under the table. They're yelling. And what I realized of having five kids and like teaching Chelsea, I thought I was teaching Chelsea. And then, you know, the one that's six years younger remembers it. And I'm just like, how is that possible? So I love that you said that, like even the friendships and the relationships are always just bringing glory to God through through his creation, through his miracles, through the cool thing, little silly thing he did today or the answered prayer. But keeping those and talking about them all the time, your kids are hearing that it's just gonna become natural to them. Mm -hmm. They're gonna look
0: for God in all those same ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think I shared uh, on my stories like a month or so ago, I think I was sharing, I I went to the park with Chelsea and our friend Kayla and all of our kids and I like shared it on my story and I said something about like being around like-minded people with the same worldview, the same like values and and raising very similar aged kids together is quite literally life changing. And somebody DM'd me, and they were like, "What's life changing about it?" And I don't know if it was sarcasm or if they genuinely want to know. I think they genuinely <laughs> wanted to know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "How do I even equate?" It's it's almost what you said. It's like the the idea that you can take a friend over to somebody else's house and like completely trust, like you don't have to like micromanage, like what are they saying to my kid, or like you know, it's just like it's such a beautiful culture. I feel like to have to raise children in that they can just like blossom and be exactly who God made them to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you chase after that
2: because it's hard to find. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I love in this it. culture, especially, it's really hard to find. People are so disconnected from each other and, mm-hmm. and they've given up on it in a lot of ways. And it breaks my heart because I have a lot of employees, about 40 employees, and a lot of them are young. And it's so heartbreaking to see them sort of give up on relationships. It's so much mm-hmm. is just virtual and it's never going to fill that void. And it certainly mm-hmm. isn't going to fill that void as a family when you yeah. need other families to do life with.
1: Yeah. I was reading a book recently, um it's actually, I haven't finished it, but so far so good. Uh, it's called Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas, but he was talking about how selfish our culture has become. And, you know, it's, it's a conversation. The book is all about marriage, but there was something in that, that just, I was like, oh, it's so true. Like we've, we've almost twisted the biblical truth of, you know, loving our neighbor as ourselves, loving the Lord, our God and loving our neighbor. Like those are the two commandments that the Lord says are like the most important. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've almost twisted it and turned it into, well, I can't love others if I'm not loving myself. And then we, it just turned from like, there's some elements of truth in that, of course, in, in a way, but it's also like we've twisted it so much that we've become such a self-centered society that. Everyone around us, like, we're like, oh, well, that person said something hurtful to me once, so I'm going to cut them off. It's not worth, like, they hurt me. I'm done. And it's like, you're saying, Holly, like, we're starting to give up on relationships. We're starting to give up on the, the local church. We're starting to give up on all these things because we've turned so selfish that we can't like, and I mean, we're all guilty of this and definitely not speaking from a place of like superiority or anything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're not willing sometimes to put in the effort it can take to work through relationships because relationships are flawed because humans right. are flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, But the beauty that comes from it, when you do push past those little, you know, miscommunications, when you do learn to communicate through that, when you learn to stick around for each other, when you learn to pursue the Lord together, you know, in the family unit, in your friend circles, in your walk with the Lord, like there's just so many ways that it applies. And it's like relationships, godly relationships are so incredibly transformative to every aspect of your life. And it is what I've you know learned in my life and also seen you and Mike do so be- beautifully in your family is like, you're willing to take the risks of getting hurt. You're willing to work through the hurts. You're willing to, you know, find the good in everyone. Like you're willing to put in the work it takes to build that culture around you because of how transformative it can be.
2: And to do that, you have to be a healthy human being. And when I say healthy human being, I don't mean I just love myself. (laughs) I mean that you are actually filled up with Jesus. And I always say, when I am so filled up with Jesus, I start to overflow. You can't hurt me. It doesn't matter what you say. I don't need you to fill me up. I don't need you to tell me how awesome. I don't need you to accept me. Like as a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, it doesn't even matter. I'm so filled Mm -hmm. with Jesus. that I get to overflow his love on you and that can transfer you. And I'm just transformed by Jesus too in the midst of that. But when we are unhealthy, we have this void in us where we are looking for people to fill that and Mm -hmm. and we get hurt and we people let us down and honestly this I people hate that I say this but I'm gonna say it because it works for me (laughs) so I have low what's what what has made me survive in ministry is I have lowered my expectations of people and I feel like that's not what's set out there today it's like the whole have your boundaries don't let people walk over your boundaries And, and like you said I love it you said There is truth in that. But so often what the enemy does is he raps, he raps, um, the truth with a lie or he wraps a lie with the truth. So you see the truth in it, but there's actually a deeper seated lie there. And, and that lie there is that, you know, you put up these boundaries in your life, uh, and you don't let people, and you are going to miss out on so much because people are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And if you are, if you truly are, have that relationship with Jesus and you've spent time with him and you're being filled up with him and his love, not doing a bunch of stuff for him, just receiving his love, you actually can deal with this world. And so lowering expectations... Of people is just me going, You're human, I'm human, we're gonna end up hurting each other. I'm just gonna already forgive you before anything even happens. And yep. I don't expect so much from people, so they don't let me down, like I can
1: just love them. Mm. I feel like you're in, in, in what you said, amen. But I'm also hearing like uh, what you didn't verbalize, which is basically you're not looking to other humans to fill your needs. You're looking to the Lord, which is how God designed it. And so you're not like by lowering your expectations, you're lowering this expectation that they are going to be your God that fills all your voids, all your needs, all your desires and do it all perfectly. No one can do that. The only person who can do that is the Lord. And so if you're turning to the right source to be, you know, have your cup filled, then you don't need these high expectations for these other people to be perfect or to fill all your needs or to say the right things at all the right times. Right. It's like, or even no, for I've, yourself. I've got my source. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes.
0: Mm, oh, I love it. I'm marinating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on the struggle bus with this entrepreneurial thing? Are you overwhelmed to the max and lonely as heck? Look, I get it. You are not the only one. Owning a business is freaking hard, but it doesn't have to feel that way, which is why we created the Heart Conference. It's a place for creative business owners and dreamers of all kinds to come together in person, experience the world's greatest community, if I don't say so myself, meet your business besties, learn the top business and marketing strategies that will help you grow and scale your business, all while having the best friggin' time of your life. So if you are ready to receive over 12 hours of hardcore business education, listen to top industry leaders like Amy Porterfield teach you everything they know, connect with a community of like-minded creative entrepreneur besties, nip that feeling of loneliness in the bud, dance your pants off at the heart dance party, and get paid to do what you love, then it is time to get your booty in the room and come down to Dallas, Texas, October 10th through 12th for the event of the year. There are still tickets available and one of them has your name on it. We want you in the room in this October because you deserve to have your business journey be full of life and not loneliness. Visit theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference to secure your spot and get ready to explode your business and have the time of your life.
1: Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying (laughs) clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute the list goes on business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though and yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business we're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client okay
0: but here's the truth One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes. Yes. Even for friends and family contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses, but also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet and grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection.
1: Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney Paige from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in her shop, like the wedding photography
0: contract, destination, intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. I want to pivot just a little bit, kind of in the same vein of like family legacy and everything, but kind of put entrepreneurship into the chat a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you and your family first get started in entrepreneurship? Because that's a huge part of your family legacy, of what you and Mike do and also what your children do. So how did that first get started?
2: Well, first of all, my parents were entrepreneurs. And so I saw the incredible freedom they had. I just thought everybody lived like that until like, um, (laughs) I met some people that were like, oh, no, no, my kids leave all day or they leave at nine and come home at five. And then I met people who were working 30 years just to get to retirement and they hated their job. And I honestly, I mean, I was pretty naive. I was probably 18. I was blown away. Like, why would anybody live like that? (laughs) Um, And I remember meeting my mother-in-law and I don't know. I said something to her like, well, if, well, if I didn't like my job, I would quit. And I, I'm sure she just thought I was the flightiest person she's ever met because she's <laughs> like, no, you work 30 years, you get retirement. This is how life works, Holly. You get insurance. You do. And my parents were like, kind of free spirit hippies. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, not happening with me. Um, So I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I remember at 19 years old, um, I was married and I would literally go to the library. Now hear that girls, I would go to the library. (laughs) I couldn't look it up online and I would take out every single book on business. But I look at it now and I just think there is no excuse. Like if you want to own a business, like it is at your fingertips, you have the internet. But I would like have, you know, 20 books and bring them home and be reading all these books on different things. And I had no money. Because Mike was in seminary and we were really poor, and um, so like I did clowning. Um, So I was a clown for a while. It actually was one of my favorite things I did. What
1: did (laughs) you know? This (gasps) this is the (laughs) (laughs) team.
2: Yes, um, you know, close friends totally believe it because it's my personality. But yeah. I also um, <laughs> I looked into um I was like, how can I start a business with no money? Well, what if people throw it away? And like people throw away dryer lint. So I'm like, I could make clothes with dryer lint. I could do this. So I mean, I really had some stupid ideas when I was younger. But the funny thing <laughs> is, years later, there was a website of people making clothes with dryer lint. And it was like, oh super, you know, cool. I was like, all right, see, so before my time. Um, <laughs> But... So, so it was always there. Um, but um, I, we took over my family's business um, when I was 22. Mike did not come from an entrepreneurial background. His parents worked at the same job, retired from it. Um, so I'm super proud of him because he got thrown into my crazy family, and man, he blew my mind. He's an incredible, incredible entrepreneur. Um, so I was 22 um, when we started it, and then, um, and then you know we owned that business for a while. Um, story, bit long story. So I'm not going to get into it. But it burned to the ground. Um, and then when I was 40. I was like really praying personally. We had owned businesses. We were pastoring a church. I just knew that God was calling me into business. And in the shower, God gave me a vision for Trades of Hope, um, which is a fair trade global company, empowering women out of poverty, putting food on their table and um, helping them out of brothels and slums and to be able to keep their children. And I prayed, uh, I prayed God bring me a partner. Well, Chelsea ended up parting at 16. She partnered with me. I was 40 and um, God brought me a wonderful partner in... um, and her daughter. And um, so I want to just encourage all you out there. Like I was 40 when I started that business. I've always had the entrepreneurial bug and owned businesses, but that was one that was so different. I was 40. So you can't, you're not too old and you're not too young because mm-hmm. Chelsea was 16 and she played a huge part in starting that business. So um, never too young, never too old. Oh, <laughs> oh I
1: love it.
0: Amen. Okay. <laughs> I, just to give like people, because i you just hit on a point that I think so many people... I think maybe publicly, but silently struggle with is the, the idea that like, oh, I'm not a young 20 hot something. Not that you can't be hot anytime. Cause you absolutely can be no matter what age. But <laughs> like I think Yes. Holly is very, but I think <laughs> the mindset that we tell ourselves is like, oh, I I'm past my prime. Now I can't do the, like my dream, like window has now closed and I can no longer like do exciting things or big things or, or whatever that is. Um, So I love that you shared that you were 40. Um, I don't know if this is like, we don't have to keep this in if we don't want to, but uh, (laughs) would you be willing to share like how big that, because when you say like, I started a business, like me and Evie know, but like, can you share like the scope, I guess, of what Trades of Hope became? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and
2: let me just tell you, first of all, one thing is this is all God. I always joke because I say, um, you know, I was a C student. I was pretty much a juvenile delinquent. Um, like, I think I was like number 380 out of 400 students. Like Aww. I am not ever going to be like most likely to succeed. And so like, I just want to say that because that just gives all the glory to God, because if he, um, he can do this with me, you you be open, whatever. God can blow your mind what he wants to do with you if you are willing to step in the scary. And um, so, yeah, so Trades of Hope um, became a million company. We worked with 16 different countries. We had, um, uh, artisans making uh, jewelry and bags and scarves all over the world. Uh, Chelsea and I have gotten to travel all over the world. I have been in the brothels of China uh, in scary situations. I have been in the slums of India working with the most incredible women who just were born in a different country than ours and do mm-hmm. not have the opportunities we have. So I really felt like it was a calling. Um, I uh, God gave me a calling in my life very specifically. And he said uh, that my calling was to Uh, empower women to be all they were created to be to speak life into them and to help them achieve the goals in which God has called them to. Um, And so I felt like this is what I was supposed to do forever. This is the most significant thing I would ever do. And so when uh, a couple years ago, God actually called me to sell it. I like wept like a baby. I'm like, no, God, no way. This is like my significance. And that's a whole other, you know, spiritual lesson that, you know, he's our significance. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is not ours. It is not what we do. And so often we become what we do, especially when it's super cool, like empowering women out of poverty all over the world. I'm going to tell you, Trades of Hope it uh, was amazing and it is amazing. And I love it uh, to this day. And I'm so proud of the work that Gretchen and Elizabeth continue to do in Trades of Hope. Um, and I'm super proud that I was part of the start. But let's be clear, God started that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when we are willing to just say yes um, and step into it, and that's a whole other part of my story is I believe in saying, now you got to pray this through, but God told me basically say yes to everything and I will close doors. So I say mm-hmm. God can close a door just as easily as he can open a door. So when opportunities come to us, We say yes and then we pray and we say, God, if this is not for us, close the door. And we've had many a business, God closed the door. But we've also had so many businesses that, um, we just said, okay, God, somebody came to us and said, you want to buy an ice cream shop? We said yes and it happened. Somebody came to us and said, (laughs) you want to buy our donut shop? And we said yes and it happened. And I will tell you that was no easy, uh, that was no easy thing to go from empowering women out of poverty and starting trades of hope and feeling kind of like a rock star (sighs) to I am an ice cream lady now. It was oh. honestly very humbling, but, mm-hmm. all, I, but God knew I needed the humbling um, mm-hmm. because I was taking pride in what I'd done instead of what God had done. Mm-hmm. And um, and I never want to walk in that again. So I'm super grateful for him. And he has blessed me more than I could ever imagine since I took that step when he said, I need you to step away from Trades of Hope. Um, yeah. I didn't want to, but he has blessed immensely. So the thing I want to say is you might think you're doing the best, coolest thing you could ever do in your life. Oh my goodness, God could do abundantly more than even that. And he has. And so I'm so excited at 54. What has he got next for me? What next season? What next adventure? Because I'm game. I'm ready. If God says yes, I am all the way and I am in it.
1: Mm, I love it. Okay, oh, man,
0: Polly.
2: I'm just mar- I'm
1: marinating <laughs> even more. <laughs> you are a powerhouse. I love these conversations. And I feel like it's, it's every time I talk to you about the Lord, family, business, any topic, I walk away with like such big pockets full of wisdom that I get to go home and like process and think about. So Thank oh, you. I love it. Um, I want to ask you a little bit, cause you obviously talked about starting, you know, trades of hope with Chelsea, but I also know in your current businesses, like you have your kids involved and your kids are starting their own businesses and doing their own things and all this stuff. Um, did you and Mike incorporate your kids in your businesses, like growing up, or I guess maybe the bigger question is like, how did you utilize business as a part of building your family Mm -hmm. legacy and your family culture or even Mm. like
0: in homeschooling? Cause I, I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. Chelsea said about like you did that.
1: Yeah. We
2: have some weird homeschool stories, but um, (laughs) Well, well, here's the thing, like early on, um, We taught our kids that like America was built on this entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm really passionate about that because in our schools today like they're not taught that entrepreneurial spirit they're really um, there's an undergirding of go work for somebody else go get this degree go find a good job mm-hmm. but everything you see was started by someone in business the bowl mm-hmm. that you ate out of this morning someone created it and a business and to sell them and then the gym you go to somebody started that gym uh, the pillow you laid your head on somebody came up with that concept and that design and had it manufactured and you know we, we start to think it's like this entity it's outside entities outside side of individuals, but this innovation came from individuals to start with, and especially in America with all these small businesses. And so like, I just was like, we don't have to just do what everyone else is doing. Matter (laughs) of fact, what I said to you about like our culture is like, we believe that we are called to bring goodness wherever we go. We're called to show the love of God wherever we go, but also to make where we are better. And so I'm like, how about instead of just going to get a job from somebody, we work on becoming the job creators so that you guys can employ people. Um, so we wanted to teach them to be the person who starts businesses and create jobs for people. Now, of course, we want our kids to do what they're called to by God. We don't want to tell them they have to be in a family business or they have to become entrepreneurs. Although they might tell you, I do lean and push that way a little direct, a little more <laughs> than I probably should. Um, but I always think about like biblical, in biblical times, right? You look at and you see um, like, you know, certain tribes, uh, you know, they were the tribes that took care of the temple or they were the tribes that they're the musicians or they were a family of carpenters. So I kind of think like we were called to be entrepreneurial. So we want, I wanted to make sure that we incorporated that into our homeschooling. And, um, you know, like I told you, I was like a C student, didn't do great. I was always afraid I was going to, completely destroy my kids by homeschooling them because I was like the worst (laughs) student ever. Um, but because I have a high belief system, I'm like, I can learn anything. (laughs) I did. I learned so I learned way more than I did in high school and college, actually homeschooling my kids. Like I Mm -hmm. learned things. I was like, Oh, I probably should have learned this years ago. Um, but so one of the things I really wanted to, um, make sure they understood was business. And so, um, Well, first, let me just add one little interesting thing here that I think, uh, especially if you have some homeschoolers, because we always think we're going to do a terrible job, I always tell moms, I say, this is kind of morbid. I am kind of morbid. But like, if you were going to die in five years, what would you teach your children? Mm. Those are the most important things that you should teach them. Stop getting hung up on all this other stuff. So if I knew I wasn't going to be here in five years, compassion, spirituality, loving people, actual skill sets they'll use. And so Learning how to start...
0: trigonometry
2: (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's part of the business they desire to do one day. Right, (laughs) But yes, yes. And poetry. I mean, my kids were tortured in poetry. And don't get me wrong. There's some kids, they definitely should learn some of these skills. But like um, in a homeschool talk, I would talk about the bent of the child. Like God has put a bent in that child. So like go with that bent. Teach him the basics, but go with that bent. Our family bent is business. God has blessed us with skill sets for business. So I knew I need to teach my kids business. And so each child, while they were in high school... They had to start a business and, uh, Dakota and Dylan started a lawn care business and like people like, Oh yeah, well kids, they mow lawns. Well, no, they had, you know, a professional trailer and a professional equipment and they had employee, uh, yeah, employees. Um, and, um, that was their business. And I remember one of uh, Dylan's friends when he was 16, he's like, Oh, you have a job. What do you do? And Dylan's like, well, I own my own business. I own a lawn care business. And the kid was like, well, you can't do that. He's like, well, why not? He's like, well, because you're 16. You can't. You didn't go to college for that. You you didn't. You don't have all the licensing you need to start a business. And Dylan's like, Mom, I didn't even understand what he's talking about. Like, he thinks <laughs> you we need to go to college to start a business. He thinks you need like some sort of licensing, licensing, you know, uh, uh, degree before you can start a business. So it just shows you like we're not being taught that. They were so mm. shocked. Um, and then Chelsea started a fitness business, so she was teaching people like how to take care of their body, which she still does so well today. Um, and Cass uh sang with a band at local coffee shops and got paid for that. And Dawson made surfboards and bought and sold them and still buys and sells and flips uh, them, you know, even today. Um, and then we had all of our kids working at 14 and 15. Um, and they got to try all kinds of different roles, especially in Trades of Hope, did a little bit of everything um, And Chelsea was our uh, COO and Cassidy still works for Trades of Hope in the marketing, does a lot of their graphics and everything. Um, And so we really encourage them, like try everything. And I'm not going to lie. I'm probably not what you would call a gentle -er. (laughs) parenter. Because, um, and uh, there's so many beautiful things with gentle parenting. Don't get me wrong, but I do go like, yeah, I could have learned a lot from it. But on the other hand, I really, really... Encouraged my kids and even made them at points to do the scary things. Mm. Do the scary thing. Do the thing you are terrified to do because if you can do that at 16, you will be so much better off in life because it will help you deal with normal anxiety. Anxiety is normal for every single person. We all have it when we're afraid to do something and it can become paralyzing if you don't work through it. So if your kids work through it at a young age, so they really were um, challenged to take on roles and jobs at businesses that would stretch them and grow them. But the cool thing, it also showed them like, wow, I didn't even know I'd be good at this. And wow, I didn't know I would love this. And most of them realized they loved business. And um, like I said, Chelsea helps start Trades of Hope. Um, And she was, you know, 16 and it became that $12 million company by the time she was 18. And she was a huge part of that. Um, And now her husband and her, they own their own construction and flipping company and do very, very well. And God's blessed her and blessed her for honestly, learning all the stuff she learned, she took into her, um, I don't know if it's second or third business, but, um, and then Dawson actually helped me decide to buy the waffle cone, the ice cream shop. I had him come in and work with me for a week. And I said, Dawson, what do you think? Do you think we should buy this? You know? And I got, I had him, I think he was 15 at the time, like, pray through it. Like, do you think as a family, this is something that you think would be good for our family? And honestly, after dealing with women in poverty, um, and I think God sort of rescued me from that because there were days I couldn't even sleep at night worrying about, you know, women in brothels and could we sell enough of their products that God rescued me. And I get to be like in the happiest business ever, (laughs) which is ice cream and donuts. So it was cool to have Dawson praying with me about, should we buy this ice cream business? Um, mm-hmm. And then Dylan, um, uh, I think he was 24 at the time. Um, COVID happened, everything shut down. Um, he was working in big churches in San Francisco as their videographer. And uh, he, you know, everything shut down. There was no going to church. So he moved home and he started a crepe shop, uh, boba tea shop. And um, we helped him, of course, but he did all the work. And that was stuff he had also learned uh, through that high, high school, homeschool homeschooling. And then also through years of being in business, like he just, it, it wasn't scary to him. He's like, yeah, let's start this. Let's see how this goes. And now he's traveling the world as a self-employed photographer and videographer. And, um, I think right now he's in either Sweden and heading to Africa next week, um, I taking pictures in like, videography. Like-
0: I, I Oh my gosh. This entire conversation <laughs> is amazing. I like that you're like, he's somewhere. He's, he's, he's doing somewhere. his thing. <laughs> I never know.
2: And now Cassidy, she worked for a year with um, the ice cream shop. And um, now she's three months into owning, um, uh, partnering with us for a waffle cone in Jacksonville. And it's already profitable. And Dakota, our oldest son, runs all of our family businesses. And he is helping us to acquire more businesses uh, to build into what we feel God's calling us for our future. And Dawson works now at all of her businesses, jumping from each one and flipping surfboards. So that is the rundown of the five kids and how they've been involved. I'm sure they're doing really cool things too that I don't even know about. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not Mm -hmm. all about like our family. Like, They have lives of their own and Mm -hmm. interests and all that uh, that are in wide ranges Mm -hmm. in their life.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, there's like so many things that we could pull from everything that you just said, <laughs> but I almost feel at the crux of it, or at the like the meat, the heart, potatoes, whatever of it, is the heart and potatoes. I said the meat, and then I said the heart. The, what you get,
1: the listeners. Your yeah.
0: point. Continue. The listeners speak, Lindsay. It's fine. We understand each other. Um, what you said, uh, what I heard was even from a young age, you encourage them to do hard, risky things. And not like risky in a bad way, but risky in the sense of like, so many kids are terrified and, and are stuck in anxiety. And, and it, especially in today's world are just like, the only comfort they have is a screen, which is mm-hmm. so sad to me. And and it seems like from what, obviously I wasn't there when you were raising your kids, but it seems like from what you described, you encouraged them to go out and do hard things and you taught them through homeschooling, like not only just like, obviously like the normal subjects, but also like life skills that they would need to be powerful people in the world. Like I think Chelsea's told me that like I think, I don't know what age she was, but like you made her um, like call the dentist to make her own appointment. Like things that like, I don't know what age, but like we would always like rely on our mom or dad to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, and I, I've tried to do that with Eloise. Obviously she's three. So there's, you know, there's only so You've much. Made you made her call you, the dentist? No, 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 no. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like, I've tried like, so if we're at a coffee shop and she wants water, I've tried to incur. it hasn't worked quite yet, but we're working on it. Um, like I'll be like, hey, go up, to the counter and ask for water. And she'd be like, no, you do it. And I'll be like, I don't want water, though. That's a you problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I, did that. And obviously pray about each child because like, right. you know, I think as a mom now with my kids grown, like now you go like, okay, how did I damage you? What did I do wrong? What did I do <laughs> right? You know, and um, my kids are so sweet. And um, as parents, we don't do everything right. And so I really believe in relying on the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, mm. all my five kids are very different and they needed different things from me. And I did not parent each one of them exactly the same way. I asked God to reveal their personalities to me. Um, Um, And I got some things really wrong. And sometimes, you know, I've had to ask forgiveness, even as like adults, when I found out, like I compared a child to another child and they're all gracious and they go, mom, that's, that's being a mom and that's hard. And, you know, they have such grace for me. Um, But I don't think parents should just be so afraid they're going to damage their child that they become like a non-existent parent to say, I believe these things are right. And for my kids and what I feel like the calling on our family, I do believe that, um, they need to do those hard things. So yeah, calling the dentist, you know, going, uh, but if you, I love that you're you're talking to her now, she doesn't have to do it now, but because you're talking to Eloise about it right now, it Uh becomes normal and somewhat expected. And at one point she's just going to be, Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard this enough. I'm going to finally do it. Like they don't have to do it the first time right? in, in the sense of like, you know, you're three and you're asking to go ask something, but just, they know like, Oh, this is a common thing that like, I'm, I'm, I am capable. My mom believes in me to do this. Yeah. Like that says so much to them. Like, you know, you can do that. And even, yeah, I know it's kind of scary sometimes. So maybe next time we'll do it, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. I feel like this almost goes back to what you said about like, they're always listening. Cause like, I'll repeat to Eloise, just like, hey, you are a powerful person. You can do hard things. And then Mm -hmm. she'll remember that and come back to like, throw it in my face when I'm like, not wanting her to do something. Or like, like like, and I can't remember a specific situation, but it'll be a situation where I'm just like, no, you can't do that. And she'll be like, I can do hard things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
2: She's so smart. She's so smart. Watch it. <laughs> oh man. Love it.
1: Holly, what would you give? Like if there's one piece of advice you have for moms out there wanting to establish a similar family culture in their own family that you and Mike have built in yours, what would you say or recommend to that mom? Uh, be the biggest influence in your
2: kid's life. You be the biggest influence. You and your husband. You be the biggest influence in your kids' life. Not their peers. Yeah. Not their teachers. Not anyone else. Because yeah. family culture takes time together.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Do you have any pra-
0: wait? Well, hold on. Do you have any practical steps for somebody like that's maybe they have young kids or maybe they don't even have young kids. Maybe they have intermediate kids, like a, like a ten to fifteen age or young, whatever age. Okay, that, I'm spiraling. Um, <laughs>
1: they <laughs> yeah, have would be, uh, Moving on.
0: <laughs> yes. What would be a practical step? to, or, or a couple practical steps to making you as the parents the biggest influence in their life?
2: Well, I think don't be the don't be the critic all the time. It's really hard when they're young because you feel like, you know, your job is to teach them. So you're always like, you know, redirecting them or, you know, saying like, oh, it's not done that way. It's done this way. Like that's why being with them is so important because there needs to be time to correct them and there needs to be time to redirect them. But there also needs to be time to make cupcakes with them and dance in the rain with them and uh, make up pretty little uh, silly stories with them and listen to their big crazy ideas that like make no sense because they've said the same word 15 times in a row (laughs) like um so and and hear them really hear them I wish I did a better job of that when they were younger um because I think I am just naturally like so much about life's lessons like everything's a lesson and um I just wish I had laughed and played more with them and spent more time on the floor with them you know with and um as and that's where I can say like being intentional is so important, but be intentional also to kind of not be intentional sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes from any sense at all, that it doesn't always have to be a lesson. It can be just being silly and fun and playing games with them mm-hmm. and um celebrating them and celebrating them for everything they do, even if they fail, if they tried celebrate them and not being so critical, that that time. In their life is so incredibly important, um, and you will become the influence because you're the mm-hmm. one they're going to look to for that celebration. You're going to look the one they look to when they do something excited; they want to share it with you
1: because you've earned the right in their life too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good! Wow. Oh, I Holly. Can't. This is so I, every, good. <laughs> every conversation I ever have with you, I'm like, all right, <laughs> let me bring a recorder so I can re-listen to that again. Like, well, we did
0: it. We did <laughs> it this time. This true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, this was the spot that I did want to mention because I know you said one piece of advice, but um, I really would encourage you to speak belief into them so they know that they can do anything. Um, and, and, um, one thing my parents gave me, a gift my parents gave me, and I say it's the best gift they ever gave me because I feel like I was able to give it to my children, um, is failure paves your way to success. Mm -hmm. And for them to know, like, I'm just proud you tried, um, at this. And, and for those people out there, I would say consider homeschooling because it really does give you the time that Mm -hmm. you don't have in today's crazy busy world, um, to, to to really build that relationship and be that influence because you'd get a lot more time with them. And homeschooling does not take the same amount of time school does. Like we were
0: done in three hours, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh, I man. love it.
0: Okay, I'm Holly, just like I'm, I'm just literally sitting here like, okay, wait, we need to have you back on to talk about this and I talk about
1: this, <laughs> this. And talk about this. Well, Lindsay and I actually were talking about, I'm just going to say this on air. Lindsay and I were just having this conversation of when when I get to Florida, we're going to start, at least right now, the tentative plan is so podcast listeners don't hold us to this if this changes <laughs> for whatever reason. Our tentative plan is to take the podcast onto video format as well. Um, so we'll have it audio and Which, like, video. We'll be in the same same
0: location. We have so, to, right? Yes, we have to.
1: Yes. So we're gonna do like the, the video in like Lindsay's office in Florida. And we were talking and we were like, we should have a conversation with Chelsea and Holly and Lindsay and I all just sitting around on like a couch in Lindsay's office or something like Like, having like like long form Joe Rogan Rogan style, style, like two hour podcast talking about like,
2: oh gosh, you get Chelsea and I together you're going to hear all the secrets
0: because we we just (laughs) don't hold back. So I don't know. We love the secrets. We love (laughs) the secrets. Okay. (laughs) Listener, whoever's listening, you right now in the car, on in the gym, wherever you are. Let us know if you want that as well. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I made mean, that like so intimate, and that didn't need to be okay. so intimate, and so so like direct. Okay, Holly, we're gonna we're gonna ask you three last questions as we wrap up this episode. So I know you you like to read, right? I'm pretty sure you do. Yes. Never fiction. I'm so sorry, Lindsay, but I'm a
0: nonfiction girl all the way. No, it's fine. Literally, Chelsea and I just talked about that the other day. She was like, my mom hates fiction. She hates people that hate fiction. No, I'm kidding. You don't. (laughs) Um, But we're here for all kinds of books, nonfiction, fiction, fiction, all of it. So give us whatever insight you have, your favorite book.
2: Yes. Um, so I just read, um, leadership, not by the book by the founder of Hobby Lobby, David Green. And I actually bought it for all my kids. <laughs> Ooh. That's kinda, I did because it was so good. And I learned how to really live out that our businesses. They belong to God and not us. Mm-hmm. We are just stewards of them. And you can say that all you want, but like, are you putting that into practice? And it's crazy yeah. generosity. So I really loved that book. So go buy that book. Leadership, not by the book. Um, founder of Hobby Lobby, David Green. Um, and then I am a buffet kind of girl. I love um, Tribe of Mentors. You guys have probably read that one by Tim uh, Timothy Ferris. It's a compilation mm-hmm. of tools, tactics, and habits from 130 of the world's top performers.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just love to I have not read that. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Putting that on my list with a bunch of stars next to it for like top of list. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's so good. Now, that is not like bent on Christian at all. So like, you you know, for me, I like, you know, pick and choose stuff. But I just mm-hmm. love hearing like what people say, like, this is how yeah. I got to where I am yeah. today. And this is how I found balance in my life. So I love that yeah. one. Um, That's and amazing. Had, and then I had all my kids read when they were about 14, um, Winning with People by John Maxwell, because mm-hmm. I, th- I think social skills are so incredibly important in the world today. Like you can yeah. be the best at anything pretty much. Um, but if you have no social skills, you probably aren't going to move very far in life. So yep. Winning with People by John Maxwell is is a great book. Oh, I love Amazing. it.
0: Amazing. Um okay, last question. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned in your years of business? Well, you know, you, you a lot of the what you
2: asked me about was legacy of our family. And ultimately I want you to know that it is not about the um Wade family legacy.
0: Mm.
2: It's about Jesus legacy.
0: Yeah.
2: The Wade family legacy is that we represent Jesus wherever we go and we bring his love. And our prayer is that anyone could walk into any one of our businesses and that they would say, I think this is a Wade family business. And you go, why? And I don't know. I just feel something. I feel God's love and his peace. And um, what we tell all of our employees is our goal is to make people feel loved, valued, and known. And they mm-hmm. don't need to know Jesus to work for us. Um, we love them because, you know, God calls us to love people and we want to just pour into their lives. Um, but that's how Jesus makes us feel. Loved, valued, mm-hmm. and known. So I love talking about like family legacy, but ultimately there is no family legacy. There is Jesus' legacy. Um, yes. and so business is about people and it's about loving people. And if you want your customers to feel loved, you need to love your employees and it trickles down. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I've learned that's been a really good lesson is let people go that are not a culture fit. It's actually good for them as much as it is for you. But if somebody is not a fit culturally, um, it really does uh, dilute who God's called you to be in your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And lastly, lastly, for all of you out there, anyone can start a business. If I could start a business, you can start a business. If God's called you to into business, it is the most beautiful thing to take your family on that journey with you. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Pray, ask God to direct and lead you and do the scary stuff. Oh my gosh. Amen. I said I said I
0: said what's the biggest lesson you learned in business and Holly's like hold my beer I got this I have three <laughs> I'm gonna expand on your question and give you more than what you asked for thank you we are here <laughs> for sorry. it sorry I told you you'd have to like be like okay not Holly <laughs> no 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 we no. want more we eagerly <laughs> want more but we also have another interview and so unfortunately yes. we have to cut it today, we can do Joe Rogan style today however
2: <laughs> you we guys know. did great getting it right there at three o'clock or whatever time oh uh, yes oh wait no you're actually right it's
1: literally on the dot wow go us (laughs) amazing you guys are rock stars oh Oh, man (laughs) Holly you're the best for any of our listeners who are like I want to learn more about Holly and Mike either connect with you come to your church engage with your businesses anything like that is there any way that people can connect with you learn from you follow along on your journey anything like that that you want to give them links to well, you know, all of our
2: businesses and church have websites, but like, if you want to know the, you know, down and dirty, uh, intimate stuff, c- follow me on Instagram, Holly Wade. My last name is W E H D E spelled odd. And then on Facebook, I'm also Holly Wade, but my maiden name is in there too. Um, because I still want to fill my legacy from my family and generations before me, Holly Boothman Wade. So
0: come follow me. Oh, I Amazing, love it. Holly. We love you. You are incredible. Thank you for oh, just spilling you your too. wisdom to all of our listeners. I mm-hmm. can't, I literally cannot wait for this episode to air. I am like, come on, let's air it. Well, <laughs> hey, I was honored to be here, ladies, and and I can't wait
2: till we're all in the same
0: town.
1: Yeah, yay!
0: Very soon, like literally next week. No, <laughs> in, in two weeks, oh, wow. yeah, almost two weeks. <laughs> awesome. All right.